is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating we've got to get out of this division and into the championship Pompey's opening game of the season didn't quite go to plan at the start at Fratton Park Giovanni Brown he squares it Bristol Rovers score side-footed finish by Luke Thomas Portsmouth at sixes and sevens at the back but the Blues were saved by the man after midnight to rescue points. Rafferty to deliver, chips into the middle, and is headed down by Yegi off the post and in! What a moment! Cassini Yegi! What a way to introduce yourself to English football! Cassini Yegi popped up to score a late equaliser on his competitive debut of the weekend to deny Bristol Rovers their first opening day victory since 2011. Revealing in confidence off the back of that game-saving goal, the Aussie striker has been weighing up the prospect of forming an exciting partnership with last season's top scorer. The boys played well, you know, Colby did great to, you know, bring the ball down and I think playing with him or getting onto those balls that are dropping in behind, I could do a lot of damage. Between now and 7 o'clock, we'll hear Cassini Yengi's post-match reaction as well as the force of head coach John Messino. Under the circumstances, uh, happy to obviously take the point, but I think overall we'll be really disappointed when we look back at the game and we'll see it as two points dropped. We've also got an exclusive interview with club director Eric Eisner. He's been looking forward to the campaign ahead. We've been there. Obviously there's pressure from the fans always to succeed, but we know we're doing everything right and we're doing everything that uh, you know should be done for a football club and for long-term success and uh, you know cautiously optimistic for this year. 81400, the number you need to text to get involved tonight. Start your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm. Visit facebook.com forward slash live or download the new expressfm app. You can get in touch with us via that through the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can even send us a voice note as well. Well, a very good evening and welcome to this Monday night edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. The warmest of welcomes to this instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. You can also download their app from the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your ticket as well. So, on the way over the next 55 minutes or so, here on the only radio station from the Great Waterfront City, we've got Plenty of content for you Blues fans tuning in back home. We've got a full assessment of Saturday's season opener at Fratton Park. We'll hear the post-match assessments of both Cassini Yengi and John Bassino. Eric Eisner features between now and 7 o'clock. And we'll also be discussing a brand new signing 
at PO4 revealed within the last hour or so. And of course, there's the small matter of the Carabao Cup first round trip to Forest Green Rovers to look ahead to a little later on as well. But before we try and cram all of that into tonight's show, a reminder of how it went down in the curtain raiser at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Here we go then, 2023-24 League One season. And we are ready to get underway. We'll be there for every kick, every game. Marcus has turned Paul, who's suddenly out of position, as Gordon tries to get it in behind on the left. It's a good ball, and Norris has come when he shouldn't have done, and it's a chance for Bristol Rovers. And Collins has wasted it. Sloppy from Pompey, poor finishing, 0-0. Pompey on the attack, Rafferty to cross, deep one, high towards the far post. Scully's going to try and attack it, loose in the area. Scully's going to have a chance. Bishop, Bishop! Oh, how's that gone over? Corner kick, great defending, 0-0. It's a great chance for Giovanni Brown. He squares it. Bristol Rovers score. Side-footed finish by Luke Thomas on his Bristol Rovers debut. Portsmouth at sixes and sevens at the back. It's a really, really sloppy goal to concede. They just couldn't deal with losing the ball. It was White's initial mistake. Pompey couldn't make up for it. And with 24 minutes gone, Portsmouth nil, Bristol Rovers won. Pack now to deliver. Oh, is that hit a hand? It's in the area. White! Oh, he's missed a great chance. White claps his hands in frustration. He'd found the space. He got the shot away, but why? That is the final action of this first 45 minutes. Portsmouth are trailing at the interval against Bristol Rovers. One goal to nil. And Ogilvy has got it, and he might hit one from here. And he does hit one, and it's hit the post! Rafferty with the second ball, chipped into the middle, plenty of blue shirts in there. Scully can't get his head to the ball. Loose one is picked up by Sparks. Can he deliver? Left-footed cross, keeper tries to punch it, and it's headed over the bar by Camera. Bishop is saying he's punched him in the head, it's got to be a foul. Referee not interested, and it's a goal kick and still 1-0. Cross comes in, good delivery. Oh, there's clearly a foul in there. Yenge is pulled to the ground, and Sam Allison is not interested and corner kick is the decision that looks a little bit blatant there and Bristol Rovers may have got away with one camera to the right to Rafferty to deliver chipped into the middle and it's headed down by Yegi off the post and in what a moment Cassini Yegi what a way to introduce yourself to English football it was slow motion the way the ball went in he got it inch perfect And Portsmouth have needed an injury-time goal from Cassini Yangi to ensure that they get themselves a point on the opening day of the season. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are then, the highlights from Saturday's one-all draw between Portsmouth and Bristol Rovers at Fratton Park. Let's go over the other results from the opening day of the season. Then Barnsley... 7-0 victors over Port Vale at Oakwell. Blackpool 2, Burton Albion 0, 
Bolton 3, Lincoln City 0, Cambridge United 2, Oxford United 0, the battle of the boat race there at the Abbey Stadium, Carlisle 1, Fleetwood 1, Charlton Athletic 1, Leighton Orient 0, Derby County 1, Wigan Athletic 2, Northampton Town 0, Stevenage 1, Reading 0, Peterborough United 1, Shrewsbury Town 1, Cheltenham 0, Wickham Wanderers 0, Exeter City 3, and of course Pompey 1, Bristol Rovers 1. Now the table doesn't mean a lot at this stage of the campaign. We're going to look at it anyway. Pompey, 13th in the table. Only one of four teams to have drawn at the weekend alongside, of course, Bristol Rovers, Fleetwood and Carlisle. At the top, Barnsley, of course, with that seven-goal swing, top of a tree. Exeter in second position. And if the season were to end like this, the playoffs would consist of Bolton, Blackpool, Cambridge and Peterborough. Down at the bottom, Wigan Athletic, despite victory, um, rock bottom of the table with minus five points. Of course, they started the campaign on minus eight. They're joined alongside Port Vale, Wickham Wanderers and Lincoln City in the relegation zone. Right, without further ado, time to welcome on my two guests to tonight's conversation, starting with none other the man for myth, the legend himself. <laughs> 4-0, written all over it. It's always, a, Chappell. it's always a great intro, isn't it? He's a very stressed man, everybody. He's only had about 45 minutes to prepare with, all, with the news, the breaking news. Can we call it breaking news? I think we um, can. It's breaking news to Express FM. I mean, look, it's out there on social media. 5pm it went out. The signing of Alex Robertson, the 13th edition the John Messino squad this summer. A midfielder arrives on loan, Tom, from Manchester City, mm. 20 years of age. Had a loan spell in Scotland last year, wasn't quite as successful as the, the sort of previous outings he's had, but from what I've seen on social media, uh, he's very highly rated. Yes, and he is has been training with one of the best setups that this country's ever seen, that the world's ever seen, potentially. Um, there's always two sides to a coin. To me, it feels... It's a risk, isn't it? But risks either pay off or they don't and I really hope that it does I think you're not going to get anywhere with your transfer business without taking risks they've done it already before in the transfer window taking risks I like that he's wearing the number 8 shirt that's really exciting makes him think that he's very much part of the first team plans yeah I'm sure we'll get onto it later on but it's a, it's a yes from me it's a yes from Tom Chappell the sign of approval <laughs> uh, also joining Tom on the show this evening Pepe Lacey Pepe fantastic to have you back in the studio my friend Thank you very much, Jake. Really appreciate it, as always. We are just talking about the signing of uh, Alex Robertson, um, of course, from on loan from Manchester City. Um, played against Lionel Messi at the World oh, no. Cup. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Ooh. He was on the pitch for Australia against uh, against Lionel Messi. So uh, that, that's something to claim. I'm sure mm -hmm. if he can do it against uh, the GOAT himself, he can do it against anyone in League One. Um, but from, from one Aussie to another, he is the second Australian player to, to join Pompey this summer. Cassini Yengi. As um, I think he's got Tom's sort of side of approval, but he's got many Pompey fans' side Absolutely. of approvals over since his arrival. Now, with the goal on Saturday, in the dire, dire members of the match, a header from the bench uh, to, to seal, get the equaliser. Yeah, I think he's going to become a very quick fan favourite. Oh, I think he already is, Jake. Hmm. I think he's already up there. It's when he arrived, everyone was sort of turned Australian all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> And, well, we're not doing accents again. No, we're not doing any more accents, not after last time. But no, uh, because Sinyengi came in, John Messina was very adamant when he came in um, that he was just going to trickle him in, bring him in very slowly, um, and he got a goal in the first game of the season. Although it wasn't the greatest header in the world, 
they all count. And um, luckily for him, it went in. Luckily for Pompey, it went in because on Saturday they deserved they deserved more than one goal. Um, how they didn't win the game about five one, I, I don't know. But that's that's where Pompey were at, at the game. Um, they weren't at their best, but Kusini Yengi, twenty minutes on the pitch and he scores. So hopefully more to come. And fingers crossed, um, he can get in that double figures. Just frantically trying to find the clip from um, last season, Tom, where Pepe here, a good friend, was on the show and uh, done the most horrific Bristolian accent. I heard it. You yes. remember that? I was listening live to Express FM and I had my head in my hands, but I don't know if he's... Has he found it or has he not found no, it? No, I'm, I'm going to try and find it during the outbreak. There's no need. There's can, no need. Can we have um, ABBA? Can we have a bit of that at some point? between, <laughs> Or is that on the, the running order for later on on Express? We've got to get some... A bit of Cassini Yengi. A bit of Gimme Gimme Gimme. Yeah. Cassini Yengi. We'll see. We'll ask the people upstairs. What's the rest of the song, Tom? I can't repeat that on the radio. Not, oh, OK. Oh, that, I, that's a genuine question. Oh, right, know. you know, absolutely <laughs> no, not. No, no, the last no. line in particular cannot be repeated oh, okay. on air. I'll tell you later on. We'll hear it tomorrow night at Forest Green. We'll hear it tomorrow night at Forest Green. You're going to Forest Green, are you? I'm going to Forest Green. I'll see you there, my I'll son. see you there. Lovely. Do you need a lift or you'll sort of... I'm all good, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes, the, the tune of Abba's uh, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. That's the one. Pompey fans, Tom, they love to create their chance, don't they? Yes, they do. I think it's it's a nice way to bring players in, actually. You, you think how... It, it, the atmosphere at Fratton Park, I always feel, gives us an extra 5-10% on other teams every single time it's rocking. I'm, you know, always feel like it's, it's such an important thing, it's especially when Pepe's talking about him being a fan favourite there. When he's come from the other side of the planet, you know, you want a nice, warm welcome, don't you? He, he turned up at some of the pre-season games. You can imagine him sitting on the bench. At, I don't know if it, did he? I think he was there for Bogner, and he, he didn't play, but he was, he was there. Um, and he must be thinking, "Oh my word, what, what am I doing all the way over here?" But for the Pompey fans to welcome him, they have done. Um, for him to hear his name in the stands after, you know, he, he comes onto the pitch for 20 minutes, as Pepe said, he scored within 10 minutes of being on the pitch, and you just think, "Yeah, more of that to come, please, Cassini, and you'll be even more of a fan's favourite than you are already." Speaking of Cassini Yengi, let's hear from him now. He spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. Well, Cassini, you couldn't have wished for a better start at Fratton Park. How did you find it out there today? Yeah, it was amazing. I was only on the pitch for a short period of time, but to score the equaliser was a great feeling. It looked like a bit of a scramble, but just talk us through your goal. I don't really even remember too much of it exactly. I remember Joe Rafferty was on the ball and he chipped it up and... As I saw the ball coming in, I noticed the first two, I think it was Colby, went through the front post, was going to miss it. I just kind of held my defender off a little bit. I don't even think I jumped for the header, just nodded it back down. How good was it being able to celebrate in front of the front end? Yeah, it was amazing. It was a short celebration, of course, because we were chasing the game, but I'm looking forward to many more. What was it like viewing the game from the bench on you're on there, and what did you think you could add? It was wet, for starters. I was drenched. Um... But it, it, was, it was cool. It was great to see, you know, the crowd get involved when we were on attacks and stuff like that. And the boys played well, you know. Colby did great to, you know, bring the ball down. And I think playing with him or, you know, getting onto those balls that are dropping in behind, I could do a lot of damage. What did the gaffer say to you as you, as you went on the pitch? What did he want from you? Uh, I went out on, on the left wing, to be honest. And he told me, like, Sparks is going to stay nice and high so you can stay more central, try to get him behind, try to make an impact, try to score a goal. And what did you make of the atmosphere today? Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, it did. It was great, especially, you know, when I scored and when we were going on attacks and stuff like that, the crowd really got involved and it, it was really loud. And you've got an immense amount of support on, on social media since your arrival and in the stadium today as well. Do you have a message for the Pompey fans? 
uh, thank you so much for your support. No, I'm looking forward to the highs and the lows throughout the season, and uh, I'll be giving my best for the club, and I hope you guys do too. Cassini Yengi then speaking after his goal earned Pompey a one all draw with Bristol Rovers at the weekend. Um, Pepe, a one all draw, not the most ideal way to, to start your, your new campaign, is it, for Pompey? But if we do recall, 2016 17 was, of course, the year the Blues won promotion to League One from League Two. A one all draw to start the season against Harlow United at Fratton Park. We went a goal down in that game. And we had to wait pretty late on to, to get the equaliser from a debutant. So, that essentially means <laughs> it's a good omen and we're getting promoted again this season. Basically, I think we're now going to yeah. get promoted purely because of that. So, uh, quote <laughs> that and uh, we'll come back to that in May and uh, see what happens. But no, uh, obviously, there was a lot of hype going into the start of the season. Um, Pompey weren't creative, it was sort of the same problems new season um a lot of creativity issues there could have scored a whole lot more and obviously bristol rovers scored within the first 15 minutes and they only had like what four chances in the game one of them they put away pompey had loads of chances can put them away so yeah like, like i said same same problems new season but hopefully the sign of alex robertson um can sort of add to that creativity uh, can add to that bit of flair up the top and obviously the more uh, Cassini Yengi, Christian Sadie, uh, Kamara, all of that, those lot gel, then we could really see a handful, go, handful going forward. So fingers crossed, and mm. hopefully, Jay, you're, uh, we can bring this back in May and say, wow, we're, we're mystic. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing on the 24th of March this year, Tom? Um, well, you said it earlier. You were listening to a football. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was. I was right. Uh, yeah, I was at home listening to Express FM. Funnily enough, <laughs> that football was. Um, it was the Friday after Pompey played Bristol Rovers. Right. And um, yeah, the Bristolians have a unique accent. So there's just no need, Jay. I've just seen what's come on the screen here in front of me. It's... This oh. is the football. <laughs> 93.7. <laughs> Express FM. It's worth Pepe Lacey. Score prediction. Gotta be Doris Shirley. Score prediction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go three one, three one Pompey. What was that? Uh, it's a Bristol accent, wasn't it? Say it again. It's gotta be Doris. It's gotta be Doris. It's gotta yeah. be Doris Shirley. It's gotta be Doris. On, gee. Big thank you to both Pepe Lacey. Pepe. <laughs> There's just no need for that. There's every need. <laughs> and now we await uh, your Australian oh, accent. Oh, that could be a long time coming. Well, the adverts are next, and quite frankly, we're not starting until you do it. So. Good night, Mike. There we go. That'll there do. we go. That's, That's enough. That's <laughs> gonna say that there, there would be a lot of angry sponsors uh, coming come your way, Pepe. I would have uh, gone to the adverts, really. Thank you, Pepe. No worries. Welcome to the accent hour. Right after the break, myself, um, Pepe, and Tom will be back. Uh, we'll be uh, further analysing Pompey's wild order of Bristol Rovers at the weekend, and we'll also hear the post-match thoughts of John Messino. Overall, the new debutants were excellent. I thought there was a lot of pressure coming here at Fratton Park and having to sort of deliver straight away. Some were better than others, definitely, but there's plenty to work on. I think that's a real good message for us, is that we're still by no means where we want to be, um, which is to be expected on the first day of the season, but the, the quicker we get there, the better. So stay where you are and join us in just a few moments' time for part two of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide. And someone who would have got a quick bus out of Fratton Park on Saturday, Tom, Mr Sam Allison. Yeah, it's a shame that this is the first bit of conversation we're going to have on the game. And I throw it out there, early doors. Um, doors? Early doors. <laughs> Stop yourself. Um, yeah, he, it, there is a positive correlation between Pompey fans berating referees after a Fratton Park game where we don't win. And yes, you could say nine times out of ten, if you're if you're good enough, you win the game, whether the referee is good or not. And we should put it out there. And we know it's not an easy job to do. However, he was absolutely horrendous yesterday. And we've seen various different angles. You tweeted it yourself. I replied with one of the Ports of News' headlines from last season where he got into a little of hot, a bit of hot water with Danny Cowley, made a few honking decisions away at Crawley. Um, and I think Danny Cowley, quote-unquote, described it as one of the worst refereeing performances he'd seen. I think yesterday was a... a not yesterday, Saturday was a pretty close match to that. He was awful. The, the, the main point that sticks out for me, and that there were various different mistakes, he was giving decisions the wrong way, those little nitty bitty ones that mean very little with big picture. The major moment for me was that penalty, and I've seen it back so many times. I was prepping for our Sunday live show last night, watching it, and you'd see all the different angles, and you think, how on earth? He's literally... Myself and Jake aren't far from each other. I reckon he was this distance from Cassini Yengi when oh, it yeah. happened. Yeah. And he's not impeded by Conor Ogilvy whatsoever. It's a rugby tackle from behind from James Wilson on Cassini Yengi. But bear in mind, Cassini Yengi hadn't scored yet. We're still 1-0 down at this yeah. point. 85th minute. Yeah, and you think, you know, given what happened after that, I know we're talking if, buts and maybes, but that could have been the moment. Yeah. It, is that the, the, the moment that denies Pompey promotion this season, if it comes down to that? Could you imagine? You know yeah, what I mean, though? I know, could you yeah, imagine? Yeah. It's just... Um, this is the conversation we had on Pompey Live after the game on Saturday. It's not an excuse, per se, because Pompey weren't at their best No, the of course. Half, but it's quite right that you come to the end of the campaign. We're, we're, we're sat here talking after game number one about how that could be a crucial mm. two points dropped, and that, that two points... May have been a, a, a victory if that yeah, penalty is exactly. given, and I don't know. Then the butterfly, butterfly effect happens, and Cassini doesn't get the header. But well, e either yeah. way, it's still a game changer, isn't it? A penalty with five minutes to go, plus God knows how many in, ad, added minutes at the end there, and that extra five ten percent from the fratter. Exactly. End, yeah. Off you go. That yeah. ball gets sucked into the back. Exactly. Um, so it's a clear cut penalty, Pepe. I think we're all um, in agreement there, Cassini Yengi being hacked down like that um, with Alisson having the perf perfect view. Um, it does beg the question, what happens during the summer when the, the players are doing their pre-season training, we're on our holidays enjoying the sunshine? Spanish sunshine for some of us. Oh. Alright Tom, <laughs> calm down mate. <laughs> Just uh, put his mic down. Um, 
But yeah, what, what, what do the officials do? Do they get any support, any training? Because it's not. It'd be unfair to pass all of the blame on to Sam Allison because at the end of the day, his representatives, his employers have surely got a duty of care to try and protect him, mm. or if not, give them the training to, to actually improve on his performances. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was a moment in the second half where he. I think it was a foul, a, a Bristol Rovers foul. And he gave it, he pointed the way of Pompey and he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. what, I said to my mate who was sat next to me, I was like, how's this been a, how's this a Pompey foul? And, uh, and then he corrected himself in the end, but a bit of rustiness in the first game of the season, but it, any tackle really, he was just bringing out a yellow card. Mm -hmm. And think, just let the, let the game go, see how it goes. I know there were a few that could have been, okay, yeah, yellow cards. I was sat in front of the Morel one, 50-50 really, yeah. and he's held his leg and he's pulled brought the card out 15 minutes into the game. I think the one that got me, Pepe, if I'm honest, was in the 16th minute. It was a minute after the Morel one, after he slid in on uh, Luca Hall. Tom Lowry was booked for yes, impeding yes. the free kick. Now, the free kick's given, but the players tried to take it quickly, and Tom Lowry stood it, directly it, in front of it. You, you see it from every single player, and I know at the start of a new campaign, officials might be given their new rules and how to be mm. more strict with certain things. Fine. If the AFL turned around and said you're booking every single player who does that, I want to see it again tomorrow, I want to see it again on Saturday and throughout the campaign. Yeah. Every player who stands in front of the ball, well, I think it's fair enough. It, wasn't even, it, was, it was literally straight after. So to, exactly. Even if Tom Larry was just stood there, he's got no reaction time to move out of the way. No. And straight like that, 16 minutes in, he's been booked. 16 minutes in, it's a first offence. Are you really going to book, book him for him? I could give you three or four more examples where that exact same thing happened and he didn't book the player for the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I think there was another one. It was because I was in the north stand on Saturday, and it was. I, I know it was uh, on Bristol Rose, but Riley Towler, I think, mm. um, Paul. Oh, no, he. Um, I think it was Archie Collins or, or one of the Bristol Rovers players leant back into Riley Towler, went down, and ref didn't give it. But he was giving it like three other times mm. during the game. And you think where's the consistency? Yeah. There, there's no consistency at all. And once again, where on the 7th of August after the first game of the season and we're still talking about refereeing performances in League One and like I said I was in the North Stand the North Upper um, close to the Milton end and I could see that was a penalty mm. on Cassini Yenge and you think how the hell can someone 10 yards away miss that and we're still talking about it for, <laughs> for clarity we're not pitting that draw down to Sam no, Allison. absolutely not let's just put that out there but now. it should have been a win um, I think the, the one that really sums it up for me Tom was this note I put um, on my on a sheet in the 64th minute and it just reads Reagan Paul booked for winning the ball yeah that that was a weird one as well it's a great challenge yeah it was a great challenge and he had he loads of them all afternoon I don't think he put a foot wrong he was up there with Christian Sadie who I'm sure will get onto is my man of the match Reagan Paul I was so so impressed with him and a close mate of mine Jake who's a Lincoln fan told me he's a captain without the armband he absolutely is. He was spot on with that. Every pass from Regan Paul is gift wrapped. It's got a message on it. Everything's pinpoint accuracy. He's the consummate professional. We times his challenges brilliantly. There was no way he needed to get booked for that. Yeah, I, I think. And he was even talking to. And I know it's, it sounds a little bit territorial, but no one goes against Marlon Pack. Mm. But Regan Paul was on Saturday. He was in his ear even when they were coming off at half time. He was, you know, having conversations with Marlon Pack. What's going wrong? What are we doing? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And I just think that's. A something we've been crying out for communication and more more leaders on the pitch, and and also he, he's a fantastic footballer and I'm so delighted to see more of him in a Pompey shirt this season. I just can't believe you got another wrinkled Jake. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. I'm gonna take not the Jake Smith, no, obviously. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. gonna take a few minutes to gather my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
Going to hear from John Messina. He spoke to Max Watson after the final whistle on Saturday. Cheers, Tom. Yeah, I thought the, the result was about right. We were disappointed, I think, uh, to, to concede the goal in the first half in the manner that we did, and, and I didn't think we'd played particularly well up until we scored the goal. It sort of um, kicked us into gear a little bit, but we just didn't create enough, I think, going into half-time, and then I think the dynamic of the game changed in the second half, and uh, it just maybe seemed like the game was sort of ebbing away after a real good 15-20 minute spell after half-time. So, uh, under the circumstances... Uh, happy to obviously take the point, but I think overall we'll be really disappointed when we look back at the game and we'll see it as two points dropped. You handed four full debuts out, Will and Regan at the back and Gavin uh, Anthony Scully on the wings. What did you make of their performances? Yeah, I thought um, you know overall the, the new debutants were excellent. I thought there's a lot of pressure coming here at Fratton Park and, um, and having to sort of deliver straight away. Um, some were better than others, um, definitely, but there's plenty to work on. I think that's a real good message for us is that um, you know, we're far, you know, still by no means where we want to be, um, which is to be expected on the first day of the season, but the, the quicker we get there, the better. What did you say at the break to spark such a fierce reaction, as you said? I just thought we'd been really, really sloppy in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes. The, the passing was poor. I thought we were uh, reactive rather than proactive. We, we just allowed Bristol Rovers a bit too much space. We didn't lock onto their two midfielders. And, um, yeah, it was a real shame, I thought, at half-time that it had just taken the, the goal to, to go into spark us into action. Um, I then thought we needed to just improve the way that we were crossing the ball in particular. I thought we got in some good crossing areas and um, I didn't think it was, it was particularly good. Ironically, we scored from the cross. That was probably one of our better ones in the game. You can see when we do put good balls in the box and we've got that physical presence up front as well, we will be a real threat. And that response really rallied the fans. What did you make of the atmosphere at Fratton Park today? Oh, it was amazing. One thing I spoke about um, with you yesterday was just sticking with us when things don't go well. And uh, that was brilliant today uh, to see, see us go 1-0 down. We had a, a response straight away and then second half kicking into the Fratton end. We went and went again and, and thankfully the, the fans stuck with us and we very, very nearly rewarded them with, with all three points. With that, I think that ball flashed across the goal towards the back end. So, um, of course, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of um, disappointment when we come away from, from the game. But, uh, yeah, overall... I'm very, very pleased with, with the way that the, the boys stuck at it and the way the fans stuck at it as well. It's going to be really important for us today, uh, this, this season. We managed to eventually get that leveller in, in injury time. Cassini with his debut goal, how pleased are you for him? Yeah, really thrilled for him just to get off the mark for Cassini. That's, that's great. Um, great news him coming over, um, making such an impact early on. And yeah, that was the reason that we, we brought him over to, to really make um, impacts in, in big moments. And, and he did that. Uh, you know, even coming and playing out of position, one of, the, one of the things we wanted to do was get all three centre forwards on the pitch and just give ourselves the best possible chance of getting back in the game. Um, and he did it. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was excellent. And um, yeah, hopefully we see quite a few more. As for the rest of your subs, what did you make of their contribution? They, they all made a real impact. I thought Christian was man of the match uh, for me. So he came on and changed the game and I think everybody here appreciated the way that he played with, with passion and um, holding the ball up and, and really getting into the opposition. I thought it was a tough, tough customer to play against. And if, if I'd look at any combination of, um, of centre-forwards that we have, I think it would be a, a quite difficult thing for, for centre-halves to have to deal with. So um, I thought he was I think he was excellent. I thought Jack Sparks made a good difference when he came on. And I think his ball that was flashed across the box towards the end uh, when we had equalised that, that nearly gave us all three points um, it was was brilliant. He provided a lot of quality. And, and Abu, to come on at 19 and, and be as composed and, and as threatening as he was, I thought was, was really pleasing. So over Overall, um, you know, the message to the subs is you've got to come on and make an impact and, and take your chance, and they certainly did that today. Summed up very well by John Messino at the end there. Um, moose ball, some are saying. Tom, although someone at the BBC fan forum last <laughs> It was Monday, Mouse, wasn't it? Mouse ball. <laughs> <laughs> squeak, squeak. 
Um, yeah, sums it up really well at the end, does, doesn't it, um, in regards to the substitutes coming on. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Cassini Yengi coming on, scoring the equaliser. Mm-hmm. Um, he only came on in the 84th minute, should have got a penalty a minute later, and then on the 92nd uh, with the header to equalise. We've spoken about that uh, in detail already. Uh, Riley Towler was brought off for Jack Sparks, and you mentioned it there, he really did spark the game to life. He brought the spark. Abu Kamara as well, 65th minute came on for Gavin White. Um, but the one I think I want to highlight really is Christian Sadie, um, mm. his his introduction, the the power, the determination he's got, and the passion as well. If you if you go on social media and you see the, the clips that have been shown, not just from a goal but before that, winning a, a free kick towards the south stand with ten ten or so minutes to go, he just brought Fratton Park to life. And it didn't really need bringing to life. It was quite a good atmosphere on Saturday, but he added that extra something that really Ronan Curtis would bring as you were saying that I was thinking a little <laughs> bit of Ronan Curtis kind of throwbacks to me yeah you know yeah. riling up the crowds what every Pompey fan what John Messino saying it there you, you Pompey fans want to see someone who's passionate and, and playing for the shirt and I, I don't think any of the boys are any less passionate than Christian Sadie maybe there's just a slightly different way of manifesting itself and Christian Sadie's obviously very um, visual and, and, and kind of gives it large and that's what we like to see he's also an incredibly talented footballer of course and he came on I just think I'd been saying this over the weekend but he he has this way of drawing defenders towards him and, and mate of mine de- described him as a powerhouse of, as you've just said and I think that's the perfect word to use he he just pacey as well as we knew from when he was on trial with us last uh, pre-season and he, he, he brought all of his attributes I actually think also it's quite a just a little point but as a psychological thing to be told not rejected by the club because that's a stronger word than I would use but to be told you can go and play your football elsewhere this time last year in the pre-season to go off to Shrewsbury do your rounds in the Football League come back here be the man that he is do the job that he did that's massive for him I think he deserves real credit for it and he was my man of the match on Saturday definitely and he had a whole half of a weekend as well didn't he Um, Pepe coming on for Tom Lowry at half time it's been revealed this afternoon by our colleague Andy Moon from BBC Radio Sodent. We don't quite know yet the, the extent of Tom Lowry's knee injury. We seem to be experiencing a bit of deja vu here with, with Tom mm. Lowry. Hopefully it's not too long. But yeah, Christian Sadie on for the entire 45 minutes. It looked like John Messina maybe switched to a 4-4-2 at times with Sadie and Bishop up top. And then, of course, for bringing off Gavin White, Riley Towler, Anthony Scully as well. Um, White had a great shot from distance 48 minutes into the game shortly after the um, second half had commenced, Pepe. Uh, apart from that, what did you make of the two new wingers in, in Gavin White and Anthony Scully? Because from from what I've seen on social media, a lot of fans having their opinions, but maybe they didn't quite have the same impact as the likes of Christian Sadie or Cassini Yengi that came on. Yeah, I know Messino said uh, in his post-match that some were better than others. Uh, obviously, he didn't name names. Um, but White, I mean, let's start on Gavin White. He obviously had a couple of shots in the first half. Then his error really led to Bristol Rovers' goal. But then straight after that, he had that shot from eight yards out that he just sliced just wide. Um, and then he had that powerful shot in the second half and then obviously came off. But overall, good good starting, good first game for him, really. Um it would have been nice if he could have got a goal. Uh, he definitely had some of Pompey's better chances. Um, so that would have done a lot for confidence. And then moving on to Anthony Scully, so much pressure on him. Uh, everyone's when he, when, when he signed for Pompey, everyone was so excited that he could be finally that creative spark, that give Pompey that edge going forward. We saw that in glimpses in pre-season and uh, during the first game of the season. 
his corners, um, I have to say, I was a bit worried. We, we, me and Tom were at AFC Wimbledon, and the corners weren't amazing, but actually they were really good corners. I know they didn't quite get on the end of, um, didn't find a Pompey head, but into a good area, um, which is promising, because I know, I just, shout out to my dad, he hates uh, when professional footballers can't get can't yeah. be the first man. I was going to say, a lot, a lot of Scully's corners that I've seen um, the, the Bristol City friendly a, a week Saturday, um, a lot of them were over-hit rather than under-hit, mm. and there were a couple of groans around me, and I, I think the, the, the groans are, are valid. You know, A lot of them weren't that great in terms of reaching a Pompey head, but I'd rather see that than, than not beating the first yeah. man. At this. Yeah, exactly. It, it's something, if you're going to fail, do it with a bit of style. Um, yeah, we, we, we spoke about the sub so far and, and Cassini Yengi. Now, we need to be careful which bits we sing, <laughs> but... <laughs> sing it up until you can't. Okay, all right. One, Here two, we go, Tom. three, four, uh, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. Yengi, 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 the man from down under, scoring goals for Pompey, Andy. Yeah. You feel the rest in, Pompey you, fans you at home. Eight one four hundred. Whatever you want to. Send us a voice note. Because <laughs> you can do that now. <laughs> Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. He's going to be a fantastic player, isn't he? Um, yes. We've mentioned as well the, the signing of Alex Robertson, um, Tom, from Manchester City, Loney. What, what do you think he can bring to the squad? You mentioned earlier he's wearing the number eight shirt. Yes. Doesn't have a lot, or if any, football league experience. He's 20 years of age. A lot of potential, but maybe for risk of a been a bit of a gamble well it wasn't Anjorin it wasn't Jensen Weir it wasn't Tommy Lee um, but at the kind of maybe the fourth time of asking of what Pompey fans were perhaps expecting it's another one of those Moose and Rich Hughes specials that they keep incredibly quiet that no one knows about I think I said at the top of the show to you it's really interesting you know it, it one thing's for sure it fills the void doesn't it we needed him to fill that dynamic attacking midfield role as we said wearing the number eight shirt for Pompey so you'd be pleased to see him involved in and he's obviously been entrusted with that number eight because that's quite a key number to have in a football side you know, Tommy Lee where is it for Accrington Stanley and he's you know one of their main focal points so I think that's what he could absolutely be for, for Pompey is that that focal point and it was interesting I saw the, some of the comments um, coming out of the club uh, from Messino saying it, with that 10 role everyone's kind of it's been Pompey discourse of oh we need this attacker number 10 absolutely yes we do you do have a lot of dynam dynamism up there with Abu Kamara can play in a 10. You could even look at even Christian Sadie, who we've mentioned already, can drift into that 10 role. Gavin White, was, with Pepe mentioned Wimbledon, we saw the in interchange there between Kamara was sometimes out on that right wing and then Gavin White would come inside or it would be the other way around. There are options you can fill there. What you do need is someone who is midfield but further forward than the existing ones we have. And we're talking about Tom Lowry being injured. I would anticipate that um, Robertson comes in for Tommy, Lee, uh, Tommy Lee's place, yeah. but is a little bit offers you a different profile, scores a bit more goals, contributes more to the to the game, try and makes that link between the midfield and attacking that we so so need. And I think it is the final spot on the thirteen bill, the bill of thirteen. Uh, that's uh, yeah, and I think we're going to have a relatively quiet month now until September the first, which is unusual at Pompey, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. 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 lucky for some, but hopefully lucky for Pompey. Thirteen yes. through the door, and uh, it'd be nice to have a couple more, but we don't need it. So business, business, pretty much done. I think you'd, you'd, you'd be fair to say, as far as John Messino and Richard Hughes are concerned. Concerned. Uh, Petar.
Nassar Petrov, football analyst at Football Radar. Uh, his words on uh, on the signing of Alex Robertson. Exciting move for the Socceroo. I think he can really tear up League One if he settles in well and keeps himself fit. Most people will be looking at his failed, in quote marks, loan spell at Ross County, scratching their heads. But don't get confused. Alex is a serious player. He's already been capped for Australia and has been training with Pep Guardiola's Man City for more than two years. He's a great talent. And I don't know who Petar Petrov is, for first and first. We were talking about him earlier, weren't we? I'll take his word for it. A hard yes. worker, number eight, he describes him as a real engine and an eye for goal. And, and if you look on YouTube, and I don't advise looking on YouTube just to search for new Pompey signings and making your decision like that, but he knows how to convert a free kick. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, Alex Robertson, more on the signing of him. You can find that on Twitter at ExpressFM and our website, expressfm.com as well. Right, in the third and final part of tonight's instalments of the Footballer, we'll be hearing from, the, of course, myself, Tom and Pepe, their final thoughts and score predictions for the trip to Forest Green Rovers and the Carabao Cup, but also club director Eric Eisner. Sometimes it takes a year or two, and I'm not saying that we don't want promotion and expect good results this year, but it's good that we signed them early and got them early in their own Spain together and so they've been together for already six weeks. I think that's really important. Join us again in just a few moments' time for the conclusion of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along. Thank you for joining us here on the Football Hour on 93.7 Express FM, the third instalment of the show this season, supported once again by Stagecoach Across the South. An email here from Linda Mail's got in touch. Thank you very much for doing so. I hope you all had an enjoyable summer. Here we go again for the 58th time in my case, Linda. Um, forever. Uh, oh, sorry, no, this is Dave Byrne. I'm reading the wrong email. Sorry, Linda, if I've just offended you there. Sorry, Linda. It, it, <laughs> It's Dave's 58th time. <laughs> Linda has emailed in below, and I'll read that out in a second. <laughs> Start again. Dave Byrne. Good evening to you, Dave. I've had an enjoyable summer. Thank you. Here we go again. Here we go again, literally. <laughs> For the 58th time reading this email, probably, as well. Um, I went to a Bristol City friendly where we chased shadows for almost the entire second half. Our opponents looking more than one level above us. Again, we really don't look like scoring. Uh, this was also almost true as well for the Bristol Rovers fixture. Yes, we had one or two chances and perhaps should have done better, but I felt that after being gifted the opener, Rovers basically set up in a way uh, and said, see if you can solve the problem, Pompey. And despite the late equaliser, the performance just wasn't convincing for a team with promotion aspirations. On a positive note, it's early days in this improved group of players. We still need one or two tweaks to the starting eleven, but they must learn and gel quickly. Or this season could turn into yet another year of frustration and transition. Thank you, Dave, for getting in touch. Dave Byrne on the emails there, 58th season. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, just really emphasising my point. I think I made it on Pompey Live. Not really got much time to discuss it, Pepe. But um, we can use the excuse of it being a new squad and having time to gel and whatnot. But on Saturday, John Messino named four debutants. So did Joey Barton, in quote marks. <laughs> so did Bristol Rovers. So it's a level playing field. It's not just Pompey in his boat. Every team in the division have made a lot of signings. No, yeah, exactly. And I'm glad that 
they've got the signings done, what, 12 before the first game of the season. One's obviously just joined now, so that's 13 done and we're, we've just played one game, whereas we could be waiting for a creative midfielder on deadline day or a new winger <laughs> on deadline day. So it's it's good that Pompey are finally... It feels weird that Pompey finally... They did three signings on the opening day, mm. uh, opening day of the transfer window, five in the first week, and you think, wow... They're really going for it this year. And no. obviously, with that comes the pressure. Everyone's then saying, oh my gosh, here we go. Pompey, 12 signings, they're going to be up there. So that's going to obviously bring pressure in itself. But as a squad, okay, you can have one or two games where you can gel. And they've obviously had six weeks in pre-season. But then, because they're they not expecting any more to come in, you've then, this is the team. Yeah. So you've, you're gelling. And hopefully, by, well, fingers crossed, by Saturday, they're back at it. But... You, you've sort of got that leeway where you're not expecting, oh, we've got this eight that will come straight in on deadline day, you, and you then need to integrate him in September. You can integrate Alex Robertson now, mm-hmm. and he will be able to play on on Saturday. So there's that advantage as well. So I'm glad they've got their business done early. I think a lot of people are glad they've got their business done early. And fingers crossed they can gel rather quickly now. And yeah. obviously there's there'll be a chance for... Um, I don't know what the squad will be tomorrow, whether Messina will go strong or play people on the brinks like Swanson and Schofield and people like that. So, yeah, it'll be a good chance for people to get minutes and, um, yeah, fingers crossed they can gel. Linda Mail on me emails. This is Linda this time. First game of a new season with a lot of new players. Second half was better and uh, better than the first. Sadie coming on changed things and so did the other subs as well, especially Yengi. We have to give him time to gel, but I still think we need a creative midfielder. Well, we've got one now, Linda, because you sent that just after five o'clock. So I'm sure you've seen now the news of Alex Robertson's arrival. Right, back to Saturday morning pre-kickoff. And uh, I sat down with club director Eric Eisner, who spoke exclusively to Express FM. Eric, we've reached the start of a brand new season. How excited are you at the prospects of what's to come this year? Well, it's always exciting for a new season, obviously a new campaign. Uh, I think there's uh, optimism, obviously, around the season this year. Um, You never know which way the ball bounces or the football gods are going to be on your side or not. A little nervous about how high all the pundits are picking us, to be honest. But excited about everything. I think every, all the work we've put into place should start paying off over the next couple of years. And with all the new faces through the door this season and with this being the club's seventh in League One, is there a bit of added pressure to ensure that it's a successful one? I don't think there is because I think, uh, you know, it's the same pressure we've had every year. Uh, you know, if you remember with Kenny Jacket, we almost went up a few times. Um, I remember during COVID sitting watching the Oxford games and that was real pressure in the uh, the shootout that we lost. So we've been there. Obviously, there's pressure from the fans always to succeed. But we know we're doing everything right, and we're doing everything that, uh, you know, should be done for a football club and for long-term success. And, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic for this year. Of the 12 new sidings so far at the time of recording this Saturday morning, only one arrives on loan. Is it key to you to be able to tie down as many permanent assets as possible? Absolutely. I mean, that was a, with Rich Hughes coming in, we installed a kind of a new uh, game plan essentially to for that exact reason and, and assets that you can grow with and that can grow together and that become assets for the club as opposed to taking loan players that if they do well, they get recalled by their club and you're essentially developing other people's talent. So uh, absolutely, this is the way to go, we feel. How special would it be to you to be able to deliver promotion, particularly during Pompey's 125th anniversary campaign? It would be, 
a great dream. So this is why it's cautiously optimistic. But um, I think we have the right pieces in place. I think, uh, you know, you always when you get a group of the, the one thing I was I'm saying to people, too, is that this is the first year of them together. So sometimes it takes a year or two. And I'm not saying that we don't want promotion and expect good results this year. But they have to, it's good that we signed them early and got them early in their own Spain together. And so they've been together for already six weeks. I think that's really important. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I think we have the right strategy. And I think it's a strategy that we wanted to put in for some time that, you know, was difficult. You didn't want to be the Americans coming over and instituting, you know, a, a Rich Hughes type personality with uh, John Messino. You know, we had Kenny Jacket in place at the time. And, he is. Uh, he's been around a long time, where the manager picks everything. But I think we're in a place now where everybody understands how much hard work everything is, and everybody's working as a team together. And to say that one person has so much say over everything, I don't think anybody wants that. Um, Andrew Cullen does a fantastic job. John's done a great job. John and John and Zesh, and um, Rich Hughes, I think, is uh, you know really has hit a lot of his targets. So. That leads to the optimism. Off the field, we've seen plenty of improvements around Fratton Park with the Milton end a few months away from total completion. How important, in your view, is it to be improving the stadium, not just to make it look nicer, but to be reaching higher standards in terms of facilities and fan experience? I think that's monumental in that just the facilities, as you say, whether it's the restrooms, the women's restrooms, the kiosk for food, the kiosk for drink, it just makes a much more pleasurable fan day experience. Uh, and that's important. So you want people coming to Fratton. And obviously, you have your football enthusiasts that really only focus on the pitch. And I get that. And I'm sort of one of those. Um, but I think it's crucial what we've done to the stadium. And, and looking at Fratton, it really looks great. So we're, we were very excited with where it's at. And to give Steve Cripps credit, he's done a great job building it. And what's next on the agenda for the off-the-field improvements to the infrastructure of the football club? Wow, there's everything you can do. We definitely have to work a little bit on uh, Pompey Fitness, we're going to call it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to take it one step at a time. I think uh, there's a few places that we know, and as you know, we kind of wait till we release it. But uh, just improvements all around. What would your message be to the Pompey fans as we enter this new season? Stay positive. Stay loyal. Uh, we're on a good track. I know the, the seventh year in League One sounds bad, but if you really go back and analyze how it's played out over the seven years or six years, um, while we would love to be in the, in the championship, again, we want to, when we get to the championship, stay in the championship. So uh, I'm not sure if it would have been better to have made one year in the championship and come right back down. So, again, signing permanent players, having them play as a core group going, moving up together, that's kind of the aim. There we go, then. My conversation with Eric Eisner, club director at Fratton Park, on Saturday morning. If you missed any of that or just want to listen back to it, you can either listen back to the podcast straight after tonight's show or we'll be uploading it uh, on its own as well. Right, straight into Forest Green Rovers. Kirsty Roxanne hands for lowdown on tomorrow night's opponents. First game of the season back at Fratton Park started in a dramatic downpour as the Blues had to fight to secure a point against Bristol Rovers with a late equaliser from Yengi. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. As the Blues now head up the A34 to the new Lawn Stadium for only their second outing to the stadium 
take on Forest Green Rovers in the first round of the Carabao Cup. Manager. English footballer coach David Horseman is at the helm for Forest Green Rovers. Horseman started his managerial career coaching Bristol City and Watford. He then joined Southampton in August 2019. After managing Southampton B, in July 2023, he was appointed as head coach of Forest Green, replacing caretaker manager Hannah Dingley. One to watch. Matty Taylor is our one to watch for this cup match. Taylor originally played for Forest Green back in 2011 till 2014. He was scouted by the club's academy boss and manager Dave Hockaday said he could become a big asset for the club. After the Greens finished 10th for a third consecutive season, Taylor rejected the club's offer of a new contract. He went on to sign for Bristol Rovers from 2014 to 17, scoring 61 goals over 118 appearances. In his time at the club, he was nominated for League Two Player of the Month in October and December 2015. Taylor went on to join local derby rivals Bristol City, scoring his first goal within 14 minutes of play. In August 2019, he went on to join League One side Oxford United on loan until the end of the 2019-20 season. He went on to be named League One Player of the Month for February, having scored seven goals to help Oxford make a late push for the playoffs. Taylor finished this season top goal scorer for the club, scoring 17 goals in 37 games. In 2020, Matty Taylor signed a three-year permanent deal with Oxford, being awarded top goal scorer in the 2020-21 season with 19 goals. Although Oxford missed out on playoffs in the 2021-22 campaign, he still scored 22 goals in 46 games. Going out on loan for the 2022-23 season with Port Vale before returning to Forest Green Rovers in July 2023, who are now in League Two. Top scorer. Striker Connor Wickham was the top goal scorer for the Greens last season, scoring a total of nine goals, six of those being league goals. However, Wickham has since transferred to Cardiff City. Jordan Garrick, who also scored six league goals, remains at the club. He scored his sixth league goal from 21 appearances as a low knee for the Greens. He started his professional career at Swansea City, where he scored his first goal in an EFL Cup tie against Cambridge United. He went on to join League One side Swindon Town on loan for the remainder of the 2020-21 season. August 2022, he would join Lincoln City on a season-long loan deal and make his debut come off the bench against Forest Green Rovers. Garrick was recalled by Swansea City in January 2023, having played 16 games in all competitions for Lincoln City. And on that same day, he joined Forest Green on an undeclosed fee, signing an 18-month deal in January 2023. Current form. After being relegated from League One last season, finishing at the bottom of the table with 27 points out of a total of 138, the Greens find themselves back in League Two for the sixth year, after being promoted to League Two back in 2016-17 season. In the pre-season friendlies, they were awarded two wins, one draw and two defeats, making seven new signings, with five of those being on a free transfer and two on loan transfer. Forest Green took their first defeat of the season against Salford City on Saturday with a 2-0 loss. After a second meeting at the New Lawn Stadium, who will come out on top in the first cup match of the 23-24 campaign? Find out with all of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There we go, then a closer look at Forest Green Rovers. Thank you very much to Kirsty Roxanne for providing us that insight. Right, score predictions, Pompey and the Carabao Cup. First round, Tom Chappell, surely. It's got 4-0 written all over everything, Lovely. mate. Cheers, Tom. Pepe Lacey, score predictions. Even though you're not going and you've just wished rain upon all this. <laughs> I, would never, I would never say such a thing, but I'll go 3-0 Pompey and I hope it rains. Oh, Eight, 850 <laughs> Pompey fans. 850. On his back. Oh, whoa, whoa. Just, okay. <laughs> oh, I hope there. it rains. And it's not the greatest of Just on top. <laughs>
Pepe Lacey, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you very much, Jake, as always. Have a good evening. And you. Enjoy. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your night tomorrow as well. And uh, yeah, let's hope, it, let's hope it doesn't rain as well. Pepe Lacey, thank you very much. Thanks, Jake. Tom, try Gavi your thoughts. Oh, thank you amazing show, mate. Lovely to spend the hour with you and I look forward to coming back very soon. I hope you both have a very, very pleasant evening like I do wish. Of course, for fans tuning in back home, thank you very much uh, for your contributions tonight. Appreciate you tuning in, as always, and for getting in touch via the text tweets and emails as well. Marcus Deakins, I did see your email, but I'm not going to read it yet. You've given us your version of Cassini Yengi. I want you to send us a voice note. Send it to us. Sing it to us. As long as it's clean, we'll play it on Friday night. Uh, when the footballer returns, myself and two more Pompey fans will be right here in studio number two of Express FM Buildings uh, to preview the Blues trip to Leighton Orient on Saturday, the first away match of the league campaign, and to hopefully talk about a victory in the first round of the Carabao Cup. The Blues take on Forest Green Rovers at the New Lawn tomorrow night. You can join myself, Connor Mosley, and Henry Deacon for the return of Pompey Live. Can Pompey make it to round two? Round two, by the way, the birth. Uh, the match has been played on my birthday, so I hope we get through and we get that lot down the road. So enjoy your night. Thank you for listening. Birthday today. And play at Pompey. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>